Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Cobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guest today is Alex Smith, crypto product lead at Six Digital Exchange, SDX, which is developing a cryptocurrency staking service to enable holders of cryptocurrencies to earn an income from their portfolios. Alex, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dominic. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, let's talk about the service you're offering. It is going to enable, as I said a minute ago, holders of cryptocurrencies to pledge them on the Ethereum network, and so earn income by claiming rewards in the normal fashion on the staked Ether for running software that, uh, that validates or attests, i.e. checks, uh, blocks of transactions under the proof-of-stake model. But what exactly are you going to be doing uh, for your clients? Are you going to be running the nodes for them or doing something else? Yeah, yeah. look, that, that's absolutely right. We want to get into the the staking business. Uh, and to do that, the the, the best opportunity or, or, or the, the path of least resistance for us is to provide infrastructure. And that infrastructure is running validator nodes, uh, Ethereum being the first and the, big, the biggest um, network that we want to, to get into. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're keeping it very vanilla to start with. Um, we are just running the nodes. We're not looking into custody and, and, and broader, broader crypto services. Um, and that's what we want to offer the clients. So the clients that hold Ethereum can use SDX infrastructure to stake or pledge their assets and earn rewards or a yield in, in return. Now, validation, attestation, these are high volume, historically high volume and, and low margin businesses. So how, how hard is it for you, and I'm talking here in the technical sense, uh, to run the systems and processes as an intermediary uh, at the required speed and scale? Yeah, look, it, it is technically difficult. Uh, it does require technical expertise. Um, it requires running validator nodes, the, the beacon node, um, but also the execution node. So the three different types of nodes that we have to run on the Ethereum mainnet now. Um, not only that, we've also set up and prepared a number of, of test environments as well. So we're running the kill network, uh, we're, we're running the Goerli testnet as well. So these lower environments are, are all set up um, in order to support onboarding of clients so they can test the integration. Um, so yes, yeah, so th there's, a, there's a whole tech stack and, and team of engineers behind this that we will support clients. Um, so we will facilitate this and, and, and make it a lot easier for them to, to enter this market and, and, and to stake their assets. Now, in order for this to make sense for you, as well as the clients, you clearly need to build up um, scale and, uh, and transaction volumes. How are, you, how are you planning to do that? Yeah, look, we're using cloud. Um, we wanted to be cloud native with this. Um, we have also decided to fully automate the operations here. Um, so when a client comes along, it, it's going to be hands off for, for SDX. Um, the, the nodes will automatically spin up. So we will, we'll be, we will be able to generate um, thousands of nodes in a day if we so wish. Uh, so we will be able to scale very quickly. So the, the, the scaling was um, a primary objective for us when we went into this, knowing that a lot of the institutional clients, you know, that they hold um, significant volumes of, of ETH or Ethereum. Um, and in order for them to, to stake, um, they need to be able to fully automate this process without having to interact with um, an operator. Uh, so yes, we have, we've, th that has been one of the primary objectives here. 
Um, and hopefully this, this will facilitate uh, not, not only a lot of clients onboarding, but being able to run um, the networks for uh, these Swiss clients. You said uh, a minute ago that your, your initial focus will be on the Ethereum protocol. Makes sense. It's, it seems to be what your clients hold as well. But are you planning to extend this service to cover other protocols? Are we going to be talking about doing this on Polkadot and Cardano and others in the future? Yes, absolutely. So Polkadot, Cardano, Avalanche, these are three that we're looking at now. Mm-hmm. Um, what's given us pause for thought, though, uh, is the Terra Luna collapse. Um, Terra Luna was on the list um, until a short while ago, but the, the complete collapse of that ecosystem has uh, made us think twice about how we choose and select new coins uh, or, or new token. So we, we certainly don't want to go down the avenue of, of, of offering staking services to coins that have got fragility in their ecosystem. Um, so we are now building a, a framework and a set of principles that we can use, uh, that, we sh- that we can show that we have significant audits around how we choose and move forward with the next cryptos. Mm-hmm. Now, Fragility is obviously one risk, but another risk created by this source of income is the, is the paying of penalties, the so-called slashing, mm-hmm. which is exacted by these networks for untoward behavior or validating blocks on the wrong chain or falling behind the network. So the validations fall out of sync or you kind of get a, a congestion effect. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the client's going to want to be maximizing their earnings. How do you balance that risk of them maximizing their earnings uh, while mitigating the risk of them getting slashed? Yeah, there's a couple of things we can do here, and maybe it's worth a, couple, a few words around the difference between slashing and penalties. So slashing is, is put in place to prevent malicious actors from trying to subvert the network. Um, penalties are there in the form of reduced rewards. So if, you, if, you, uh, if your validator is offline, if you're not able to attest to produce blocks, um, you will get penalized from that. So, so two different concepts that have been built into the Ethereum protocol. Um, now, Along with that, we can provide technical solutions to mitigate against slashing. So we can put in slashing protection. Uh, and also with penalties, we can we can build in redundancy to the cloud solution. So we can have failover if a node goes down, we can have another one spin up. So there's a number of services and, and technical solutions we can, we can build in um, to prevent the slashing and penalties. But on top of that, um, we can also offer insurance. So we wouldn't offer insurance um, ourselves as SDX, but uh, an insurance premium on, or provision from a third-party insurance provider is something else that I, I know a lot of institutional clients are, are after and, and they're looking for. So I, I think you've got those two different angles to come from. Now, this is a, a world full of neologisms and tokenomics is one of the neologisms which has crept into use here. Um, I think of it in terms of um, the financial incentives people have to do anything. Are the financial incentives to get involved in this new staking service powerful enough, especially given what's happened in the market the last few months? Yeah. Look, uh, tokenomics is a, is a fascinating subject. Um, and you, you're absolutely right. The, the incentives have to be there to make it um, worthwhile or, or commercially worthwhile to even operate and run the hardware. Um, running the, the operating the hardware, um, using a cloud service, having the the team around it, and, and the the test networks doesn't come for free. So it, it is important that um, the incentives make sense. Uh, you know, there's there's a number of different levers here as well. 
Um, I think there's the, we, we have, we'd have to consider inflation, the, the burning of assets, but also the minting of tokens. Um, I think there's the underlying asset price that you, you rightly pointed out. I mean, that's there is a price point under which um, staking service or, or hosting services themselves uh, will no longer become profitable. Um, you know, what happens then? And I think we're, we're seeing some of the Bitcoin mining providers starting to run into trouble with the price of Bitcoin falling. So, yes, the, the tokenomics is, is an essential facet here for it to work. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the governance as well comes into play. Now, you've been very clear this is a staking service. This is about the validation attestation process. Have you been tempted ever to go further? And maybe now is not the right time to be thinking about this, but have you been tempted in the past to go further and actually help clients lend their cryptocurrency into, into DeFi protocols as well? Look, so DeFi is a, an area that we are internally discussing. Um, we are actively looking at. Is it something that we're going to get into um, tomorrow? Probably not. Is it more a, a sort of a, a two to four year time horizon? Potentially. Um, so certainly there's a lot of activity. It, it's, it tends to be, DeFi tends to be for the crypto natives at the moment. Uh, what we are looking at though is custody. Um, custody is, is going to be the next, uh, the next avenue and the, the next platform for us to move into once we've got the, the infrastructure services and, and the staking provision up and running and, and we're comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm about to ask you about, about custody, actually, because the services, is, is, is you're implying there, initially non-custodial, which struck me as counterintuitive for a, you know, you're part of a the Swiss Stock Exchange group, which has got three CSDs inside. It's also got an international, you know, sub-custody network. So what, what was your thinking about, um, at least at the in, initial stage, about leaving the custody arrangements to the users as opposed to providing them with that service as well? What was your thought process there? Yeah, th this is really uh, the staking and the infrastructure provisioning is just a beachhead. So with it six and SDX or six, um, particularly having a rich history as a financial market infrastructure provider, we have a lot of expertise and technical know-how in pr provisioning the hardware, running the networks. So it, it just made a lot of sense for us as, as quite an easy um, move into this crypto space just to focus on the infrastructure uh, and that is running the nodes, operating the nodes for asset holders. So you, you, look, you're absolutely right. Do we want to get into custody? Yes, we do. Um, are there a few more barriers to get there? Yes, there are. So, so this was really just a um, looking at the roadmap of, of what do we do first? What can, where do our expertise lie? Uh, what can we get into first? Um, and what will come later? So watch this space dominic because you know custody will custody will be coming along later this year and, and is your modified thinking about the custody side arisen from conversations with potential clients i mean when you when you got to talk to them about this service they say well we, we love your infrastructure but why aren't you giving us a, a wallet or custody service as well we'd, we'd be ready to onboard with you if you provided that service too what are those what are those conversations been like yeah, that, 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 that's it. There's, um, the, there is a requirement or there has been demand for custody service and custody provisioning. Um, you're also right to point out that SIX has been a, a custodian. Um, so this is an area that we also have expertise in. Um, uh, we've got a rich history of doing this. So it's something that it, it's a natural fit for, for building out this service and, and moving forward, not only with staking infrastructure, but also custody. 
Now, what about the documentation of, of these relationships? Is, is Do you have a sort of standard document drawn up which uh, a, a client can sign and then you, you onboard them quite quickly or do these have to be bespoke to each client? Um, no, we have we we've drafted up a standard set of legal terms. Um, this is we've standardised it as far as we can. Um, the onboarding of new clients um, should be very easy. Um, certainly, we hope so. Uh, again, leveraging the the expertise that we've got in house, um, knowing that look, we're not the first movers in this space. There's a number of um, crypto infrastructure providers already. Um, so we're, we are moving into a slightly busy market here. Um, but we do think that this is, you know, we have got a value add and a value proposition. Now, one regulatory issue, which we often forget when we talk about cryptocurrency and say it's unregulated is actually cryptocurrency is subject to the know your client anti-money laundering, counting the financing of terrorism, sanction screening checks, uh, um, laid down by the by the FATF. How are you how are you handling that in when you onboard clients? Are you running those checks yourselves or are you relying on a third party? Yeah, we, we are running the due diligence. So we will run the due diligence on the banks. This is a uh, it's worth pointing out at the, this point that this is a, a um a business to business operation. Uh, we're not going to be going to retail customers here. We will be starting to service um, Swiss banking clients. Um, they will go through the, the the standard due diligence processes that they have to. Um, we won't, however, be doing due diligence on the end clients of those banks. Um, so that that's the process that we're taking. Now, one point that's worth highlighting as well is that we want to go um, one step further with this, and we want to perform um, token checks on the assets that are being held in. Uh, the wallets of those clients. So we do want to check for tainted assets. We do want to make sure that they're, they're not tainted and, and, and they're not being flagged up. So for that purpose, we will be using a third-party provider. Um, yes, so we, we, we have got um, this, this ecosystem support um, to make sure we, uh, we abide by FINMA. So just to be clear on that point, you will be running these uh, customer due diligence checks on the private banks who, with whom you will be uh, interfacing, but you will not be running customer due diligence checks on their customers. You'll, you'll in effect, be trusting them to, to choose reputable people, but you will be looking inside uh, those underlying customers' wallets to make sure they're not holding something which um, is uh, untoward. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, what about the uh, because you're not providing a custody service up front? Um, are you going to have to do customer due diligence on the wallet providers, which the which the users or the custodians, which the users use um, in in the in the first instance? Um, and do you have a sort of short list there of <laughs> wallet providers and custodians you don't like the look of? Um, look, yeah, th this is an interesting one. So we, we've got yes, we will be doing um, token checks on those the wallets. Um, the custody providers probably less so, although a lot of the clients that we have been speaking to or prospective clients that we've been speaking to, there's a, there's a huge array of different custody solutions out there. Um, they, yeah. they vary wildly in how they operate and how we would integrate with them. Um, so that just adds a layer of complexity for us. Um, there isn't a one size fits all here. Um, we are having to speak to um, individual banks and, and understand their, their setup and, and how they would potentially integrate. Um, yeah, so it, that that is a a, um, a difficult 
integration point for us um, and something that, uh, yeah, is, is not maybe as easy as some people would, you, you would first think. And how difficult is it going to be to do that uh, due diligence, peering into people's uh, digital wallets, see what they've got in there when actually you're not providing the custody service yet? Uh, so they retain the assets, they retain the, the private keys, yeah. um, and they're kind of running their own access to the nodes that you're providing. Yeah. Clearly, that would be a lot easier if you were providing the custody service. But is, is, is this a major obstacle for you doing the customer due diligence at this point before you provide a custody service? Um, I, I mean, ho I'm hoping not. Um, the beauty of blockchain, it, it's all it's all on the blockchain. So we can see the wallet addresses on the blockchain. Um, we can use third-party providers to help us examine those tokens that are being held there. Have they gone through any illicit activity? Have they been tainted in any way? Um, so we, we're pretty confident with the, the third parties that we're using. Um, we're pretty confident that we are able to look at the addresses, examine the tokens, um, make sure that there's been no money laundering or other um, tainted activity there. So the moment, no obstacle. Um, and in fact, if anything, you know, being able to uh, rely on the fundamentals of the blockchain, the fact that it, it is public, we do have access and we can view this. Um, we're then that that keeps the pure infrastructure play that we're looking at right, right now segregated, separate, and, and and actually quite easy for us to manage. Now you've got all these these private banks as 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 clients to deliver the service efficiently to them. You're going to have to hook up to their internal systems in in, in some fashion. How difficult? How heavy is the workload going to be? to actually accomplish that? Is this a very light implementation or is it going to be a heavy engineering project? Yeah, look, the, the integration we have found so far is um, is reasonably heavy, right? There's, like I was saying, that there's so many different custody providers, they've all got slightly mm. different solutions. Some don't operate with certain test networks, others have got very difficult integration with Ethereum smart contracts, um, some have got very heavy security. So. Um, none of this is very easy at the moment. I, I think one of the, if, I mean, if we're looking at the areas um, in the crypto or Web3 ecosystem that need work, it is going to be around interoperability and usability. Um, I think a lot of people that are in this space and that work with cryptocurrencies can probably attest that the usability of wallets is, is not always, it's certainly not standardized. It's not always in easy and it's not very intuitive. Um, so these are, uh, are areas that, yes, are, are, are difficult for us to work through, that we're having to put, put effort in to um, help standardise and, uh, and align for our own internal purposes. And as you, as you complete that uh, integration, you are, of course, you know, part of the Swiss Stock Exchange, uh, and most, if not all, of these private banks you're dealing with will have some sort of relationship with the Swiss Stock Exchange already. So there is presumably... Um, technical connectivity and account structures in place already. Are those any help to you as you try to integrate this new type of service with those clients? Yeah, the, the tech stack that we've built is completely separate from, it's isolated from SDX, it's isolated from SIX. We are dealing with a public blockchain here. Um, so we've made very conscious decisions to um, run a cloud instance and a cloud subscription separate, um, completely independent tech stack. Um, so in that respect, it's all new. Um, it's all completely segregated. Um, is it an advantage working at six and, and having access to a lot of the, the six ecosystem? Yes, absolutely it is. 
Um, so we're we're um, we're trying to benefit from the expertise that we've developed over over decades at Six, um, and also having the deep networks we've got within Switzerland. As you've said more than more than once, this is a, a cloud-based service. You've been pretty clear about what the advantages of that are. Is there a is there a downside to the cloud? And I'm 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 thinking here. What if the the cloud provider falls over? There are also the regulators seem to be taking more and more interest in in cloud provision by financial institutions. Is there a is there is there a downside to to reliance on the cloud? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a there's a risk assessment in both directions, right? So we we've um, we've examined the pros and cons. Um, cloud will provide regional redundancy. Um, cloud makes it a lot easier for us to scale. So we certainly think the benefits of using cloud far far out, out um, exceed using bare metal and, and starting to run this separately ourselves. Um, it's also going to be, we're hoping it's going to be a lot more cost efficient as well. So yeah, we, we've examined the risks, um, realizing that they are not, in top, you know, that they, they do exist, um, but we certainly think the benefits that cloud brings us um, are, are worthwhile. Now, SDX represents a, a substantial investment by the, by the Swiss Stock Exchange uh, in the not so much in the cryptocurrency markets as in the security token markets, you know, providing issuance, trading, settlement, custody services to those markets, which are not growing at, at a, a particularly high rate. I think I'm right to say that cryptocurrency wasn't an initial focus of, of STX, but clearly you have now identified it as, as a service you want to provide. And what, what was the what were the attractions? Um, I, I guess when you were first thinking about this, the, the cryptocurrency markets were in a different place to where they are now. Um, and so there's a short term, but also a long term uh, strategy at, at work here. What was just in crude terms? What was what, what really attracted SDX to providing this cryptocurrency service in the first place? Yeah, I think that there's two things that stand out. That there's first the client demand, and then there's the second is the opportunity in this area. Um, I think we've we've been listening to clients. We we recognise that um, Switzerland is has has generated an ecosystem that is very crypto and, and Web three service friendly. Um, there is a lot of business in Switzerland and fintechs. Um, the environment there has been very positive. So, uh, from from one angle, we've got the client demand. We we know that there are asset holders there, and and they would like some but. Um, an institution like SDX to enter this market. Um, and secondly, it's the opportunity. Um, looking at the crypto space, seeing the, um, the fintechs that, that are growing, the opportunities that they're presenting, um, it, look, it just makes sense that we, are, we enter this, that we are part of this, that the narrative and the story as it plays out and, and, and crypto becomes a, a bigger industry and a, a bigger asset class, um, not only in, in Switzerland, but we want to look beyond in, in, in Europe and the UK as well. And as you say, the the demand is driven by the, the clients of these private banks that you're servicing based mainly, I think you're saying, in Switzerland, or, or is this service aimed at foreign, i.e. out of Switzerland, private banks as well? You're not discriminating in favour of Swiss private banks. This is open to any private bank that you like the look of on the planet Earth, is it? Uh, we're focusing on the Swiss market at the moment. Um, that is our initial platform to to enter this space. Um, the, you know, the reasons being we um, we know this market well. 
Um, we have strong and existing relationships um, in, in Switzerland. And also we are a lot more comfortable with the legal and regulatory framework in Switzerland. So uh, again, just as, as an ease of entering as a beachhead into this market, operating within familiar frameworks um, where we have the expert expertise uh, is gonna allow us to move fast and, and, and hopefully draw conclusions and, and make this a success. But yeah, in, in the longer term, you know, we're certainly not gonna just restrict this to Switzerland. And is it only banks that you foresee as clients or other potential non-bank users of the service as you look forward? The banks are the first segment um, that we're looking at, but I mean, it's, it's um, you know, I do well to point out that you've got crypto native hedge funds. Um, you've potentially got further down the line, sovereign wealth funds. So there are a lot of institutions that we, we may consider in the future, um, you know, family offices, um, high net worth individuals. So certainly that the, the spectrum will increase, but our, our target, our, our segment that we're, we're really interested in at the moment are the banks. One of the things I'm, I'm hearing you say is that, in fact, these, these private banks came to SDX saying, we'd like you to provide this service. Now, what was the, the why were they coming to, to SDX to ask you to service their needs when they could have gone to Coinbase Cloud or, or Block Demon? What, what, was, what was the attraction you offered relative to those other potential providers? Yeah, look, a, a few things. Um, we're a Swiss firm. Um, we run the, the, the infrastructure in Switzerland, so it's hosted there. We're not having, you know, th there's not this um, um, point of operating in a completely different jurisdiction. Um, it's the, the oversight is with FINMA. Um, we've been on this journey with FINMA as well from the start, so um, they're aware of what we're doing. So I, I think for a number of reasons, um, the, the Swiss focus, the Swiss legal framework and the Swiss regulatory oversight provides um, a level of familiarity and comfort for the existing Swiss banks. Uh, and that's certainly something that, uh, like I mentioned, you know, we've got the knowledge there, we've got the experience and the expertise, uh, and I think that's um, proved attractive. And, and was what I might call cybersecurity part of their thinking as well? This is not just a solid institution with a, with a good reputation, but it's... Uh, it's a safe environment for them too. Yeah, look, absolutely. Cybersecurity is a huge thing. Um, so part of the, the, the risk assessment, the operational risk assessment we've been through is identifying the, the different cyber risks, um, relaying to, to FINMA where we see these risks as well. Um, obviously relaying to the clients what we're doing to try and a, a address these risks. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Look, this is a big part of it. Um, and we have got a, a good degree of confidence that the, um, the security that we put in place, the, the firewalls and the network protection are, are adequate and are best in class. Now, you said much earlier in this, in this conversation, you're setting this service up inside a separate entity, which will host the cryptocurrency staking service. And what are the arguments for putting the business into a separate entity, A, from the point of view of SDX, but secondly, and perhaps more importantly, from the client point of view? Yeah, look, for the, um, one of the strong drivers is that SDX is a, a regulated entity running the CSD exchange. Now, 
if we were to start running a crypto or a staking business within that, it's going to completely change the terms and the agreements that we've discussed with FINMA. So we would have to go through that process again, um, change the, the agreements and, and the, the, arrange, the arrangements that we've already got set up. Um, so with staking being a non-regulated business, it makes a lot of sense to, to run this in a separate crypto or Web3 entity, um, which is what we're doing. So from our perspective, it seems to make a lot of sense. I think then, you know, on, on the client side, they can also use a, a non-regulated entry for, for lower barrier and lower requirements to using the service as well. Mm -hmm. So in effect, you're in a, in a different regulatory um, environment to, to SDX as a, as a whole. Correct. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, now, where have you got to in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of developing the service? You, you, you've got the entity set up, you, you, you've got the systems tested, uh, you've got clients signed up. You you ready to go? And if you are ready to go, when do you expect to go live? Well, the good news, Dominic, is we are already live. Uh, we went live actually back in April, um, and we launched our first validator node in May. Um, so we've now been running our first validator node for some time. Uh, with that, we're obviously we're also running the the execution node on the Ethereum mainnet, as we are with the the, the Beacon node. So, the technically we're we're fully live, we're fully ready, we're we're operating nodes. Um, legally, we're ready. We've got the the the, the terms all, all set up, and we're in some advanced discussions with some Swiss banks as well, um, in provisioning staking infrastructure for them. So, um, we we we've made pretty good progress in the last couple of months. Uh -huh. Now, assuming the, the service um, grows and scales as quickly as you, you'd like it to do and becomes and becomes profitable, have you had time to think yet about what additional services you might like to develop? Um, you've mentioned you're going to provide custody, which wasn't in the initial spec, but are there other services you're thinking about providing in the future? Yeah, a couple of things that we touched on, and you, you just mentioned there's the crypto custody Um there are the other tokens that we want to look at. Um, I think there are the crypto yield products as well. Um, you may have clients that want exposure to the, the yield and rewards offered by um, cryptocurrencies, but they don't necessarily want to hold the, the underlying asset themselves. So that, that is um, some, some ideas for a bit further down the line. Uh, other infrastructure provisioning as well um, across the, the, the crypto network, I think there's the concept of Oracle nodes as well um, that provide data for smart contracts. So, so really the, the, there's quite a, a, broad, um, a broad spectrum of what to look at. And there's a product roadmap that's potentially um, spanning a number of years. Um, so yeah, and, and I think right at the, the start, you, you mentioned DeFi. Um, that's something that we've looked at, uh, not not actively exploring right now, but that's that's certainly that certainly there. Uh, NFTs, um, you know, really there's a buffet of opportunities here, and it's just a case of how we navigate and, and where we see the client demand. One final question for you, Alex. It's more of a, a personal one. I don't know whether you're surprised to find yourself at the Swiss Stock Exchange uh, heading up a. Uh, a cryptocurrency staking service, but what's your own blockchain story been? I know you were involved with uh, with blockchain quite early on at, at UBS back in, in 2014, 2015. Um, but as you look back over the last uh, six, seven, eight years, um, is, there a, is there a clear 
path you've been navigating on your journey towards this point? How did you end up here? Yeah, I, I got into, you're, you're right, I got into blockchain and Bitcoin back in 2015 at UBS. Um, I spent some time working at the UBS Innovation Lab that took me to level 39 in, in Canary Wharf. Um, that later took me across to New York, where I, I set up a consortium of banks um, to run a, a data quality verification service, again, using distributed ledger technology, uh, which then moved on to confidential computing. So I, I've been involved in this space for, for several years, um, working on different blockchain uh, use cases outside of cryptocurrencies, um, but with all of the opportunities presented in this in this space, um, SDX really had. Uh, I think they they've got the right vision. Um, they're forward thinking here. They're, they're offering. They're starting to offer all these different services. So I, you know, when this opportunity presented itself to to move across to SDX and, and immerse myself in in the the crypto world and, and become a crypto native. Um, yeah, I, I took that chance and yeah, I am looking forward to the next few years in this space and, 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 and moving on, building great new products. Well, at Future Finance, we're looking forward to, uh, to keeping up with, with the progress that you're making.